All right, guys, welcome to another episode on the podcast. Have myself, Brian, my co-host, Squints, and our friend, Sherry. Nice to have you on, Sherry. Thank you for having me on. Of course. So want to give us a little background on who you are, and then we'll dive into some deeper questions and just kind of see where it leads us? Sure, sure. So I'm a board-certified hypnotherapist. I um, work with others in empowering them to lead their highest and best selves. And what got me into this industry has a long history of different things that I went through. I've studied neuro-linguistic programming, so I'm a practitioner of that, as well as working with energy and kind of alchemizing the energy in our emotional body through vibrational healing and helping others to clear trauma from their body-mind field from childhood and past generations. Yeah, it's something that's... Uh very needed in this day and age we find that uh mental health and people struggling with uh those type of things is very 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 prominent and and upfront in our lives these days oh and we see it more and more every day now and social media has only made it worse yeah i mean obviously it shines a spotlight on a lot of things but uh it can be helpful or hurtful i feel like so what led you into going to this I know in the past you were in the fashion industry do you want to kind of dive into that and how that led you into sure yeah so I um I got into the fashion industry because I wanted to work and kind of get away from some of the trauma I was experiencing and fashion was a way that led me into like get, being using my creativity and um, as we, our family immigrated from Iran and so my father had to leave everything behind and we didn't have the financial means to live in the way that provided the things that I wanted. So I got a job and I worked my way through and became worked in the with Dolce & Gabbana, with Chloe, and I worked with um, in all different capacities with celebrities, styling, I had my own t-shirt line and really what um, the reason I got into it from a deeper level is because I wanted to help others. It was almost like it became like a retail therapy for both them and for myself. It's beautiful. So, we yeah. find in the, speaking with the different people from different business backgrounds that that common theme tends to uh, repeat itself and it seems like success follows those that, that try to give back and help others or have that purpose. Mm -hmm. Could you share with us the the um, the meaning that we set for the show before, like with the with the viewers? Our intention yeah, is our to intention. help. Our intention was to help serve others, to bring about truth, and to um, share our wisdom, our lived experiences, in order to serve humanity. Yes, that's beautiful. Um, I wanted to share that with them because I think it's a good entry um, into how you approach your life and your practice. Um, this habit of setting intention is very powerful, is it not? It is, it's very powerful. Even in my, so I started studying um, spiritual principles out of high school due to like different, I guess I would say like different traumatic experiences that I went to and I started questioning the meaning of life and kind of diving into my own self-discovery and one of the things i did was always set an intention an intention even when i went into the boutiques anyone that worked with me knows how i would set intentions with for myself for the business for them so that we could succeed in that day and i've carried that power of intention through my entire life and I let it lead me and always go back to that intention. And that's how I work with my clients as well. So using the power of intention to experience the kind of life they want to experience. And anytime they move away from that intention, I help, I teach them how to guide them back to that intention and hold that as their predominant feeling, thought, and vision. It helps in, in life in general to have a, a compass, a moral compass mm -hmm. or a game plan, so to speak, with this intention, because it, if we revert back to that thought, which is, seems like a very simple thing, but um, it can definitely help us get back to, to, you know, to north, so to speak, and, exactly. and finding our way back to what we started on this, this journey for. Exactly. Yeah. 
what's part of the process with working with you? How do most people find you? How do you, how long is working with you? Is it a month? Is it a couple weeks? Um, as far as working with me, I always say like when they're coming in to work around whatever they're specifically they come to me for, it's usually emotional based. So it's very hard to gauge how much time they'll stay with me. So I've worked with clients in one session, they've had miraculous changes, depending on what happens after every session though, there is transformation. Some people stay with me, some clients stay with me as for a long mentorship and they've actually go into um, helping others in the coaching industry as well through the, my guidance and they start to study what I, some things that I guide them to. So I've actually had a few students yeah. i'm always a student as well but as a teacher and a student so some people will stay with me for like six months a year some are like 10 sessions three sessions so it just varies on how deep you want to go what they're working on if they're clearing trauma from their childhood or generational and it's just really the most incredible experience that i can only describe in when the person goes through it they can they're the testimonial they're the life proof so yes with the intention setting what do you suggest for for those listening out there if they want to bring um some some intention into their life uh how how small or how grand do you go with uh with with your process and I think the intention setting can be just like you said, like it can be grand, like a bigger context. Like I intend to live a legendary life of making a difference in people's lives every single day, which is an intention that I set, you know, over 30 years ago, mm -hmm. <laughs> making a positive difference and impact in people's lives. And that was my compass. And then it can be to like, I intend to be happy. I intend to be joyful. I intend to be present in the moment. And it can be as small or as big. It's just really about becoming present and being conscious about what what direction you're going and directing your thoughts. So I like to say we're either unconsciously reacting to life or we're consciously creating. And so I help others to consciously create, co-create in collaboration with a higher power. Wow. And, and, and first they have to... Uh give power to the fact that we are either a victim or a creator in a certain sense, right? Yes. Life can happen to us or mm -hmm. we can give give power and meaning to our life and we can create for ourselves and others. Exactly. And exactly. it's it's usually a, a, some people figure it out naturally. Some people need help along the way. Um, yeah. But it is definitely, uh, you know, I, I have it in the back of my mind uh, always as well that I'm trying to serve a a higher purpose for the good of those around me as well as as myself and and the world in general yeah i think it's a, a great place to start so never first you got to like accept it and then just start building towards it which a lot of people it takes a while for them to accept that i find that the people that that feel unfulfilled or or struggle with uh their own inner demons or past traumas tend to to just have a, a lack of understanding of the the fact that we are um, capable of creating for ourselves and those around us. And if we want a peaceful, healthy space that we can most, in most cases, um, provide ourselves with that if we're mentally coming from the right um, from the right place. I feel like we attract whatever we put out there. So if you're in chaos, you probably attracted it. And if you're in a place of tranquility, probably attracted it. Yeah, I, I, I could agree with that. And I think that with chaos, there comes a purpose for it because from the chaos, you can bring order into your life. And so sometimes it takes the chaos to awaken people from in my belief system, like you were suggesting about victimhood and, and our consciousness and our, our unconscious thoughts drive our lives and this is why i question the meaning of how i did i create this chaos how did i create this experience and so that led me through my own intuitive guidance to step into where i am today and to um the reason for that was my nephew passing away was the catalyst for me stepping into this mission 
of mine, which I knew on a soul deep level when I worked in fashion, that there was something bigger that I was meant to be doing, something deeper. I loved what I did. I traveled. I, I made a huge difference. I made people millions and millions of dollars with yes. my passion and, and all that. But it wasn't the, there was, a, there was a deeper inner calling for me that I would, you know, maybe put aside until the time came. And then when there was a tragedy in my life and I, was being prepared for that tragedy when I look back on it the, and my, my nephew, um, which I believe that there's a reason why I'm here to speak is to honor his memory. And he was a byproduct of unconscious thoughts, inner demons that he wasn't able to overcome. And so I decided that I will find the reason and I will raise the consciousness of humanity because, so that his life was not lived in vain. He lived on Skid Row. He got involved with heroin, and it was um, and when he passed away at 27, and, and within that, there was a five-year period that I walked the a, a path of forgiveness with him to help him to experience someone that he can trust and that I never gave up on him. And uh, I would find him on Skid Row, and private investigators weren't even able to find him, and that was all from my intuitive guidance. He went in and out of rehab, and then he said that he found a higher power at some point. He was able to reconcile and be with his parents again. And then six months later, he passed away at 27. That's heavy. It's, um, it's a rough road. Um, I'm sure he had a, a, quite a few years that were very tumultuous and, yeah. and, uh, and, and very... Uh, yeah, very heavy. It's it's a tough life living uh, uh, the life of addiction and on the streets and really being um, really being present in the worst that life has to offer day in and day out is a it's a very heavy uh, space. Um, uh, but we can take those. For me, I took it as as a as a as a way to step into is the catalyst for my mission for helping so many other people so many people with addictions have come to me and they're not just phys you know addictions to to drugs they're addictive thoughts they're addictive habits there's thoughts that we rethink over and over and over again they're addictive so helping to overcome addiction and helping is is part of our part of my mission is to help others overcome their inner um, shadows so that they can live their highest and best version of themselves because I do truly believe there's a power that's greater within us that we have not tapped into and my myself and my clients are a living example of that yes I, I, I agree with you 100% it's a I'm glad that you found purpose in his struggle yeah and it's and it's given uh, you know hope and light to others through your work um, but I do believe we all have uh, amazing talents and gifts to share with the world. And sometimes in our struggle, that is that is our gift and that purpose. You know, we uh, there's so much more than we realize in our day to day life. Um, I want to ask. Uh, I know that a lot of people um, we're bombarded by constant information these days. It's one of the best times to be alive, obviously, because. Uh, knowledge and and things spread fast and we see so much um but it's also a very tough time because we are overwhelmed by the the media and negative and positive things and we're just constantly being fed uh you know um other people's uh perception of of what life is um what can people do to to help stay centered and uh and uh find hope in the the chaos so to speak of modern life do you really want to know yeah <laughs> turn the television off yeah literally like literally turn the television off yeah and turn inward and really um take that time to because we are always being programmed mm -hmm. we're being programmed we're being conditioned after 30 minutes of watching tv or even scrolling you're going into a state of hypnosis and so really guarding your mind and and, and your heart and really t turning inward and becoming more um inter internally focused instead of externally focused and and 
developing a, a sense of discernment from within to, you know, look at the information you're getting and then kind of, does this resonate with me? But, it, but we, cannot, we, res, we cannot resonate with the truth if we're listening to lies. How does, or, oh, sorry, how does one turn inward though to then focus on themselves versus the outside? And we're not going to dive into the whole process, but yeah. like, you know, some baby <laughs> yeah. steps for someone to get into that just to start disconnecting from and focusing on the inward because it's easy to say, but what do you do? Yeah. So what, one of the things that you can start with is meditation. And I know that meditation has all different like connotations and um, I, I specifically design custom meditations for my clients and eventually I'll be launching it to the public so that it helps for you to listen to a visualization to help guide you in the process of meditation until you kind of start to move into just being in silence, walking meditation, um, instead of sitting in front of the television and uh, then or watching something that's really not adding to your existence, walking in nature, uh, reading the books, asking the question within, like what will make this moment more memorable and more beautiful? What can empower me in this moment to be the best version of myself? And, and if it's scrolling on Instagram, <laughs> maybe there's a mis message in it for that person, but really being intentional in the moment, like even in that moment saying like, is this serving me? Just starting to ask more questions instead of being fed what you're meant to do, what you're meant to think, how you're meant to live. And, you know, and for each person, I think that's a different experience. Appreciate yeah. that explanation because I was like, well, <laughs> I've done my best to like, we no longer have cable. I oh, pulled good. social media off my main phone. Perfect. Yeah. Got it down to like 45 minutes a day. Yeah. I've really done the best I can. I don't read the news on the internet anymore. Good. That's great. And I feel guilty when I watch TV now. Oh, okay. So then the, like with someone that would come to me and say they feel guilty, then I help them dissolve the guilt to transform the guilt because there's no need to feel guilt for doing something great. The guilt comes from something else. It's like, I'm not doing this right, or I should be doing something else. And then that comes from self judgment. And without with we can't accept and love ourselves or if we're spending all of our time judging ourselves. So the incremental changes that you make, the little steps, they're sustainable. That's why I don't say like, oh, after three sessions, you're going to be this way because I'd be lying. And so therefore, I always tell my clients, I have no idea how long it's going to take for you, but I can guarantee you if you commit to yourself and you show up and you do the work, you will transform and your life will reflect the inner transformation. And so those incremental steps, they're sustainable. They're not like going on a little diet and then like, you know, you yeah. see the weight come off and then you go back to a lifestyle that brings back the weight. So it's creating the habits along the way. Yes, a little in, incremental steps are great. Like you watching, you said on social media for 45 minutes. So if you went from like three hours to 45 minutes, that's a great it was seven hours. Seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. seven, that's okay. So if you went from seven hours to 45 minutes, that's amazing. And so do you celebrate that you held the boundary and did that? Do you celebrate yourself and say, you know what? I'm great. I, Brian, you're amazing. You did this phenomenal thing. You went from seven hours. If you look at it in, in like percentages, it was more than what? 75%. I'm not, the math is not. Yeah, seven hours is 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 uh, seventy five percent of your almost oh, a little bit under seventy five percent of your waking of your of, of your awake life of your yeah you know productive time. Oh yeah, and then on a twelve. That's amazing. Schedule. Like I'm going to celebrate you. That's amazing, Brian. You. you went from seven I'm, hours uh, to forty five minutes. Yeah. That's amazing. So do you celebrate that? So you went into guilt, like I didn't do enough, but like really, that's amazing. It's not like day. I went from seven hours to you know six and a half hours. You did. And then you held a boundary to be able to do it over and over again. It's what people are not able to do the over and over again. They go back into the pattern. And then that's when we know we have to break a pattern where everything is a pattern. So either we're breaking the pattern or we're living the pattern. Exactly. Did and you lock your phone or was it just a conscious thing? Of, it was, I'm going to go less and less there because well, I know you can set parameters. Well, so the biggest thing was that's why I have two phones now. Yeah. Half the time I forget where that phone is and I'm like, oh, I don't have my other phone. Michelle's like, take a picture. Okay, I'll take it on my regular phone. And then I'll forget to post stuff for like days on end. And considering social media is a big part of my life, 
I've just categorized it into I enjoy making content, doing other things, and being in the moment and not being on my phone as much. Yeah, in the technology we've lost that these are supposed to be tools Oh, it's to, to help exactly. us build. Yeah. And in turn, we're being lost in the, yes. in the scroll yes. or the... It's like a that... sand. We get sucked into it. Even I can be that way. My, so I have two kids. My son is 13. He does not have a phone. And I'm waiting as long as possible for him not to have a phone because sure. I want him to actually live life and not be in the virtual world. Yeah, that's and... an amazing thing. Like, I don't want my daughter to have an iPad. Exactly. I'll let her watch some TV here and there, but you're not playing on my phone. You're not getting an iPad. Yeah, it, uh, you know, my kids are... You know, they watch YouTube and do things and play games and this and that. But it is something that you can see uh, a behavioral difference in them from when they're. It's a, it's a dopamine, it's a dopamine signal. They're definitely being, you know, they have a, a yeah. inner addiction to this technology mm -hmm. and the games or whatever they're seeing in the videos. It's it's a, it's definitely heavy on our minds because we can tell that you know. They, they have a, a, a lack of interaction. And I mean, fortunately, my children are very outgoing and do other activities and go to school and, and different things. So they are present and able to have real conversations. And I know for some people, you know, it can be, it, it's easy to be an introvert and to be in your own created reality because it's, it's easier to create your own personal online persona than it is to have to deal with being who you actually are in the present moment. Yeah, which is, you know, I feel like is they're not doing themselves a service, but it is easier to live in a in in this fantasy you've created than to be present and do the actual work that's in front of you to to create that I feel like, yeah. Oh yeah. Um when you and I spoke, you said some of your services or your process helps people to be better parents. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so I I call it conscious parenting and the version that I describe it as from my lived experience is to release and to dissolve the, the trauma and unresolved issues that are within us from our childhood or from our like what we've carried over from um, maybe what our mother or father did not heal and to dissolve it so it's not projected onto our children. So we're breaking patterns of um, different unconscious beliefs that might transform into beliefs that serve the parent to lead in a way that they are all in harmony and living from in their highest potential. So being the best parent they can be and then leading from that place as an example so that they're, so there's not unconscious parenting where we're unconsciously you know, just doing the same thing our grandfather did, but it no longer serves us 200 years later. It doesn't serve us to do something that in this moment does not serve our child just because it's a tradition of, for example, physical abuse, just because We've... grandfather Joe <laughs> spanked his child does not mean that I have to learn that just because it's an unconscious pattern that ran through my bloodline. Does that make sense? So breaking those patterns and all different kinds of patterns so that they're consciously parenting instead of unconsciously reacting. And being more present in the moment, I guess, as well. Being present in the moment. Being conscious is being present in the moment. It's being aware of yourself and being aware of your thoughts, being aware of what you're saying and being aware of your actions. So being really congruent. And, it, and so when... A, when a parent comes to me, we work inwardly to otherwise, like what happens I notice is that their, their old, their stuff gets projected onto the child. So if they have like an, an eating issue, their child will have the eating issue and they'll want to bring the child to me. And I'm very honest with the parent. I say, it's you that I need to see, not your child. Your child was, is, is just a byproduct of your projections and their yeah. environment and their environment yeah yeah it's uh interesting because when they do uh statistics on genetic disorders and things that carry through genetic traits and 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 dna so to speak but they find that when they take these children out of those households in the foster system or into other things and they grow up elsewhere they tend to not carry those those same traits anymore so we are, through our habits, uh, you know, uh, you're 
predisposed to diabetes based off of the household you grew up in and the habits that you picked up, not necessarily because of of your genetic makeup. Your true genetic makeup. Yes. All just from, well, you continue to eat the same stuff you ate as a child now and nothing really changed. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that, you know, if we follow along the same path, we have similar results. And it's subconscious because as we grow up, we're little sponges and whether or not we give credit to what we were exposed to, we still carry that with us and can pass it down generationally through our actions uh, without us even knowing that this is why we react in certain situations that way. My mom, my mom was a yeller. I, I can be a yeller. It's mm-hmm. not so something the, that I the... like about her, but <laughs> I tend to have the same, the same traits. Exactly. That's so reacting for mm-hmm. no reason to certain things or having a burst of, of, uh, of, uh, I think we've all been there. Aggressive adrenaline, you know? Yeah. So this is exactly an example of what someone might come in to see me for. Is, and this is what I have purified. I've been purified of that experience because my mom was a yeller. And um, I knew that I was not going to be that person for my children. But we all have those experiences. I'm not perfect. We're human. And so I helped to, to break that pattern. So you're not yelling, you're raising your consciousness versus raising your voice. And so those are patterns that we take on because we're in that environment and working with the subconscious mind, the first you know eight years of our lives, we are the sponges that you described. We're very receptive, we're in this feminine receptive energy. So we take in everything as if it's true and this is how it's supposed to be and the brain is making meanings, if this means that. And so we start to create these false sense of self and identity and so that is after a certain age, it starts to be projections based on what we consumed yeah visually auditory mentally and and we start to play out that pattern and the older we get our children when they're born they they start to trigger us my children <laughs> they really triggered a, a lot of things within me 100%, and yeah. and so those were those things that i needed to work through myself as a living example of what i do and that's where it came in like me doing the work on myself not just going and like working with clients or reading a book or getting a degree. It was really like a lived example of an initiation process of my own so that I can sit in front of someone else and say, I, okay, you're here for that. I've already been through this and I can, and we can break that pattern if that's what you would like to do. If you'd like to continue yelling at your kids, that's like, that's totally your right. But if you want to break that, it is possible. Yeah. That's what I like to leave with is that th- there is possibility to do things that are for the highest good of all concerned. Yeah, it's not like they listen when you yell at them anyway. So. No, they shut down. No. <laughs> they shut down. They don't learn anything. They no. like they freeze and like we were yelled at, right? In like yes. Persian culture, I was yelled at so much by my yeah. brothers and you know, and it was just that's what they learned. So I don't have any I any animosity or resentment towards them. That's another thing. That's a whole other process of work that I do around forgiveness and releasing resentment and anger because it affects us. And when we start to be them, and then that's not what we want either. So no one wins that way. An empty cup can be filled with anything we want. Exactly. It's up yeah. to us to intend the, 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 the filling of the vessel, yeah. so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you mentioned that and it's a, uh, it came to mind that what a blessing they are to actually we're teaching them and they're teaching us Mm -hmm. how to work through all of these things that that are triggering us and obviously for a reason because you're not aware that this is for your own growth but it definitely is um you've made that present in my mind now okay good if i can leave you with that if i can leave parents with that is that they are not doing this on purpose they're your biggest teacher your children are literally here to teach you and it, it, and when you look at it from that premise and you look at like there are you like they're reflecting to you what has not been resolved within you and then you get to like heal that isn't that amazing if wow. my mother knew that <laughs> that she that i was reflecting her yes and that she xy didn't you know wasn't comfortable in her own skin because of her own trauma but then I, there is no going back and changing any of that because i believe that everything is designed perfectly for our awakening to awaken to our highest power. And our children do come in to help 
activate that within us. And that is the trigger, the activation. Yeah. So it is for purpose. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely noticed since Madison's been around, I've looked back to my past of how I was treated. And then I have to consciously always be in the moment of, okay, I have to do the opposite of the shit I went through. Yeah. Yeah, you've spoken about that before. Um, and you're you're like one of the most calm, pretty level, level-headed <laughs> people that I know as well. Um, you're much better at it than me about uh, controlling um, that energy. Yeah, but when they're having a meltdown or like this morning I was trying to get an email out and she's slamming on my keyboard, I'm like, all right, don't snap. Just grab her, put her in a different position. Yeah. Just so I can finish doing what I'm doing and she can kind of get what she wants. But before... You know, my parents would just be like, get the fuck away, whatever it might be. Yeah, it's, it's easy. The fact that you notice that again, that is amazing. So again, like noticing that you are noticing that, like imagine being an observer of who you are in that moment and what other people might do with the child, whether, the, you know, and create a big trauma around just touching a keyboard. He just, she just wanted to get your attention. She loves you. She just wants to be with daddy. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to be with their daddy when they're on the keyboard? Yeah. That looks so fun. So like when we look at it from a higher purpose and we become present and when we're intentional and we clear out our own stuff, our own angers and you know feelings about like getting triggered around them like i have to get this email out or i like i go through it all the time too and we're intentional with them and we leave them with these beautiful moments that you know versus yelling at them and then getting nowhere nowhere and no. they'll just do it again <laughs> yeah. they're like i got a reaction out of him i got the attention it was negative but i still got the attention yeah we have to be conscious of that that the the reaction was what they wanted. And yeah, they we just get want to your choose attention. which way they. they... I'm, sh I'm sure if you you've experienced with Gabby, she'll just take her food and throw it off the side of the high chair. <laughs> She's and not. It... We we haven't let her control the food source yet, so uh, to speak. But uh, we'll get there. Yeah. Madison yeah. was sitting on the counter this morning with a half-eaten hard-boiled egg, and I turn around and grab something out of the fridge. I see the egg flying. I was like, ah, whatever. There's nothing to even say. Yeah. You still want the egg? Yeah. Yeah, I still want it, but I threw it. Can I have it back? <laughs> I'm sitting on the counter. I can't get to it. It's pretty funny. Um, going back a little bit, how were you able to keep your 13-year-old away from a cell phone? When someone told me it's not possible, I said, you know what? It is possible. It is possible for me to do. That's the, that's the very, if I was to go back to the very moment of that, I had friends that were just, they had they had kids before me, and so because I didn't give that, him an iPad at the time. It started with technology. So I, I, I tested it. I saw that his behavior changed when he had a little bit of technology, like looking at a show. So I was very, I limited the time that he was able to watch any technology or, or screen time. And then as time went on and I studied and I, I studied about brain development and everything, I just held a lot of boundaries and I found like-minded families that were also in align with my experience. And so I continued to hold boundaries around it, explaining it to him. And there's a lot of like, I want to be like so-and-so and I need to, you know, have it because so-and-so has it. And so I continue to explain to him that, you know, so-and-so can have it, but we're like, we're, this is our lifestyle. And so in time you will have it. It's just not right now. And so there was hurdles. It's not like it wasn't easy, but I believe that like he has become who he is for it. Now he, we go to the ocean and in, in a few times a week and he goes when I don't go and we go into and we go swimming in the ocean at like 6 a.m. He learned. Cool. Yeah, we go fish. We do all these other activities that fills him up. And so he, he can one day appreciate all these experiences that he has. And so it's a continuous conversation. It wasn't like this is the way I do it and you're going to do it. And that's just the way it is. It would just a quick conversation would evolve. It's, it's, it is a, it's a constant. It's amazing to have him be present because, uh, I mean, we've all been there. No, we're just in a weird space. Like you go to a concert and nobody even watches the concert anymore. No, everybody's doing this shit. Yeah. And, I'm like... and you're never going to do anything with the video. 
Um, maybe one little post that takes two seconds. I but can watch a much better version on YouTube or Netflix. Exactly, a professionally filmed one, and enjoy the actual experience of I came to see this person perform live. Exactly. And nobody is even present anymore. It's all just to kind of self uh, uh, feed their own uh, ego or whatever it might whatever be. Whatever it is that they're representing to the world, or it's like a it it, it, it doesn't. It's backwards, like our, our reward system has become backwards and we're not in experiencing shared reality with each other in these, these uh, public spaces anymore. Like it used to be about going to see the game. Now it's about being at the game and people are focused on these other things. And there's obviously, it's, it's, a, it's an addiction. We're all addicted to uh, uh, feeding the the algorithm is what it's feeding really exactly. but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. they've got us very good <laughs> yeah so i'm all about feeding the soul yes i believe in feeding our soul and i teach my children that if i can leave anything with them is that they're going to have emotional wealth they're going to have wealth of, emo of emotional intelligence and how to be in this world how to show up in this world and how the phone will always be there like it's not like he's not going to ever have a phone of course he'll have the phone when the time is right when he'll have the phone but if i can protect his body mind spirit as long as i can from having access to something he does not need right now and he can live and experience life and go skateboarding and and he he speaks Japanese, he speaks Spanish, wow. he speaks Farsi, he speaks Amazing. English, he does sign language. And so all these things he has, and he just turned 13. And he goes hiking, he went on Mount Baldy on, on, on Sunday to um, kind of like a rite of passage for turning 13. Wow. Instead of going and playing a video game. It's really... <laughs> so like, can you imagine like what, I didn't have any of that. I didn't get to like go and do all these things. I, was, I started working yeah. when I was 14. I had a job. I was supporting my my mom. So I didn't get to have these experiences. We obviously didn't have phones, but I but all of those experiences that I did have working, they amounted to to who I am today and who I'm becoming. And so I'm not sending him out to go work, but I want him to be living a life that takes his breath away and that he's looking in your eyes when he speaks to you and you'll be blown yeah. away by just talking to him you're like you're 13 and Amazing. yeah and he gets to share that real experience because he has that life experience because we've instilled that in him and mm -hmm. it's not just repeating something that he's seen no. that somebody else has created and and as you're saying this i'm realizing that you know we're regurgitating other people's creations instead of creating yes. for ourselves and oh, our own good. experience yeah. yes yes that's what we're really doing we're just walking around talking about what somebody else took the time to create instead of what did you create exactly yeah and that's i mean i guess that's the grand scheme right we're co-creating yes. i believe there's a higher power that we are co-creating with the higher power exists with me exists within me and that's the there's a collaboration happening and things are harmonizing to what i choose to bring into this world what i choose to co-labor you know like laboring and having a baby there was a collaboration happening mm -hmm. <laughs> you know my body my mind my spirit brought into the this this human into the world and what is a greater accomplishment than raising a human there's nothing, nothing. More greater than that i think yeah I, I say it all the time i say that we're focused on changing the world through interacting with adults and people that are obviously beyond you know we're focused on politics we're focused on this and yeah. and in two generations we change the world just by focusing on the children the children right mm -hmm. because they come and make the world that they want they either have the experience that they were showed the world is a beautiful place or they were showed that the world was a hateful place and they mm -hmm. get to go opposite or deeper into that and we're really creating through them because they are the future and the next generation, and we are able to, to change through them, yeah? We are, we yeah. are. They, and it's not a cliche to say they are the future because they really are the future. Yeah. And so what what am I leaving behind? What am I, am I gonna leave behind the same storyline that my mother like and father experienced or they brought me to freedom? And so I have the freedom to become and to think for myself and to choose to teach my children and the way that they get to think for themselves and not be told that this is the truth, but to find that truth within themselves. And they're not gonna find it on YouTube. 
They're no. not going to find it no. on Instagram. They're going to find it inward. So like I've taught him to meditate from a young age. He knows about setting intentions. He knows, and sometimes he doesn't want to do it and that's okay. Like I don't force it upon him, but he sees me and he, he, I'll say like, what's your intention today? And he'll say, I intend to be a compassionate, you know, with, with faith, our little girl who's seven and our, my daughter. And so for him to say, I intend to be compassionate with my sister that's is a big, 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 big deal. 13 years old. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> he could be saying a I lot of other things, you know? Yeah. So and it's a, yeah. For them to care for one another, especially with that, that age gap and that range where yeah. they tend to, to not want to have anything to do, you know, <laughs> to get to that point where they, they, it's a bother, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You spoke about NLP, about neuro-linguistic programming. Um, Will you elaborate on that for the people that aren't familiar with the with the term and the the process? Yeah. So, neurolinguistic programming is a, it's the study of human excellence, the language of the mind. And I I got in, in through my meditation. I was guided to study this. And the interesting part is that I was looking for courses, and I'm thinking like, okay, the voices in my head telling me, or my heart telling me to look for this. Um, to study this. And once I took the course, I realized I was practicing NLP while I was in fashion, when I was training other uh, the managers or going through businesses and teaching them how to connect with others, the body language, and how to speak with others from an authentic place so that they were developing and bringing, like, the, bringing clients back. And so the, developing their re, our repeat client base in these luxury brands at the time we didn't have the iphones and all that so it was really like you know following up with them and using a lot of the techniques that were from nlp that i didn't even know they were nlp but they were within us so nlp is really like i use it in a way where i'm working with my clients to teach them about their own brain about themselves how their physiology works and it helps to it's for me it was a part of my, my own self-discovery, but they use it a lot in, in sales mm -hmm. and how to speak to yourself and how to speak with others. A lot of motivational speakers are, are big in the field as well. I think yeah. Tony Robbins probably mm -hmm. most famously is a, yeah. a NL, NLP guru, so to speak, and positive reaffirmation. Yeah. And he's been obviously incredibly successful in that field. Yes. Uh, it's, I've had a lot of clients that actually have gone to a lot of his seminars and and um and he's amazing at what he does as far as motivational speaking yeah. i find that it's important that we find that motivation within ourselves mm -hmm. and the way we find that is we've got to empty the vessel we've got to heal the parts of us that keeps going back to feeling like we need to be motivated because we can be self-motivated and self-empowered every resource is within us and that's really what nlp teaches as well if, depending on who teaches you the nlp i had an amazing instructor so um and so i find that what i learned came from a heart-centered place also not just where it's mind-centered because nlp is very much in the mind it's about the mind so yeah. when it was taught from a heart-centered place i it really resonated with me and so helping you to become more empowered through various techniques that nlp teaches i feel like that is sustainable again you're not going to go backwards and be, you know feel motivated after a, a wonderful seminar but then a year later you're still back where you were the year before i think it's important because if you're not operating from the heart learning about uh, mind manipulation, for lack of a better word, there. which it can be, right? Yeah. It can definitely uh, tend to encourage sociopathic tendencies of people that are in sales and these certain yeah. walks of life that are, mm -hmm. you know, you know, once you learn how to manipulate people yeah. or that you can control the way people feel, if you're not uh, operating from a, a pure place, it can be a, a very evil. An, evil, an evil technique as well, right? But I think NLP in business helps you close deals, helps you communicate with the staff. Just yes. Yeah. You want to grow your company, you should be working on NLP. Yeah. And so when I was in the businesses, I would teach the, my, my, I would 
train the staff and teach them about like eye contact, like being very present and setting your intention. When they walk in, you give them eye contact, hello, like really from a genuine, authentic place. Now, when you walk into a store now, and I see what happens now after all these years, they're they're on their phones like that, and no one's making eye contact. They barely say hello to you. They're rude. I go it's to for like lack of a better word. <laughs> That's the truth. And, yeah. and some of it, and even in like in like boutique and high end brands, exactly. and places that you're spending money, it's almost like a a too cool kids club. Instead of like you guys used to be in a very high end service industry, and you catered to a certain type of client because you couldn't advertise really. And to keep them, you had to be very attention to detail mm -hmm. and understand your customer and really mm -hmm. and really tend to them in a different way. And now it's uh, dude, you we both go to a lot of trade shows, and even when you walk around, you see people just sitting at the booth, and it's like, okay, I'm not going to interact with you. I just keep walking. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a it's a it's a waste, you know. It's a, a you know, it, you're there to obviously to be present and to share whatever company you're with and uh stay off your phone and be present and i get it it's hard but uh retail in the retail space and then and uh it's very lacking service industry is lacking these days yes altogether. When I, so when i when being in the service industry so working for max mara's contemporary brand dolce and gabbana's contemporary brand yeah. working with chloe opening their flagship boutiques and really i i one of the things that I retain the long-term staff and the clients that shop with me, I'm still friends with today, many, many years later. And it's because of my genuine desire to help others. I would never treat anyone differently that was buying a $200 sunglass, pair of sunglasses, and someone who would come and spend like $20,000 with me for in an hour and who shop with me every month. They all, they, everyone got the same service, which was from the heart, which was being fully present, which was knowing my product, which was talking to them in a way that was like really wanted to know. They didn't come and buy another pair of black pants from me. They could have gone somewhere else, but they came because of who I am and they like to be in my energy. And they knew that what they were going to get was not just a, you know, $10,000 bag that I held for them, but they were going to leave feeling amazing about themselves. And I wasn't going to, you know, play a game with them of using NLP because I didn't know what NLP was at the time, but it was coming from this place of giving service and receiving. So the law of circulation, and I like to operate from the laws of the universe. One of them is the law of circulation. So giving and receiving, I, we're exchanging energy together. Yes. And so teaching that to, to others and a lot of the employees that I worked with now run like the highest level boutiques because they have that foundation yeah. of how to treat others with respect, with being genuine and building these businesses, like raising their revenue by 100%. And that, that just doesn't happen. And I, I remember doing that with Max Mara. The Italians were like, what? What, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you you, you want to uh, share some other uh, laws of the universe? I think that uh, um, things that are, you know, things that are important to you and that you use to uh, guide you in life and that uh, can help others out there? Well, the law of vibration, I would say the law of vibration is you, what you vibrate at, you attract. Where you are vibrating, how you're showing up your energy. Like I believe that we are made of energy mm -hmm. and um, emotions are energy in motion. Mm -hmm. And so our energy is a vibration and that vibration attracts the similar vibration. And so how do we attract what we desire? We have to become the version of ourselves that is vibrating at that frequency. And so if we're vibrating at guilt, shame, and anger, then we are going to attract guilt, shame, and anger experiences that activate that. So really raising our vibration. It's not like a cliche again, they, you know, you'll see, read all the memes on Instagram about raising the vibration. I'm a lived experience of that because yeah. I ex attracted experiences that um, vibrated at a lower frequency and I needed to figure out why the fuck did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> if I've studied this, if I've done this for all these years, what did I just create? And so transforming shame into another form of another energy um, when, and this is the work that I do now is alchemizing that energy. And so law of vibration is a key to understand about yourself and, and, with all the other principles 
of the universe. But law of circulation is about giving and receiving. And that goes through, you know, abundance, prosperity, financially, in every single way. Again, that, those are the laws that I live by versus the laws of, that are man-made. Yes. Once you acknowledge that you were attracting the energy you didn't want, how long did it take you once you started working on it to really get to that level where you were at least attracting better, not perfect, but better than which caused you to go into that? I, I think that like, depending on what it was, like it can happen very quickly because we have, we, we have, we're releasing the resistance to, to the, the experience that we want to create. So it depends on what, what it is. But for me, I mean, sometimes it happened, you know, um, very rapidly. And then there's other times it took years. I mean, I can go into like some of the things that took me years, but I did not give up. I gave up the feeling of giving up. I had a lot of times where I wanted to give up and like, this isn't fucking happening. Like, it's not, but then I was like, no, it is happening. It just happened, hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen. You're going to stick this through. It's going to happen. And I would reframe, which is one of the NLP techniques, which I did in, in my whole life. I kind of reframe things in my mind to see a higher reason for it. There's a higher reason this hasn't happened yet because you're being redirected. And so I would really d redirect my energy and sometimes it would take me a long time to manifest the very thing that I desired to experience, which was, for example, not shame-based. So I had to clear a lot of shame from my consciousness because of my childhood and, and my culture. It's yeah. very shame-driven, very guilt-driven. <laughs> yes. On that, same, yeah. on that same note, did you notice over a period of time of you disconnecting from certain people in your life that were critical at that time, but you learned I no longer need this or yes yes i said i did that in I, there came to a point in my life that i did that intentionally like i was in it was an intentional experience that i said you know what i need to do xyz to be in an environment where i can heal xyz and then there was a time where the vibration itself removed the people out of my life it was natural so there was nothing that i had to do or say it just it was a natural process that just occurs when we raise our vibration. Intention, vibration. Manifester. Um, uh, what was the give and the receive? The, the law, circulation. law of circulation. Yeah. Law of circulation. Um, yeah, very important. Um, I'm definitely going to set some intentions today when we're done because I'm aware of all of this because uh, the field has always been very interesting to me. but as we are humans and we're very easily distracted by life and things and and uh it's definitely good to to refresh and to to re um get back into into center so to speak yeah do you find yourself regressing in in as a human being i know that even as somebody that's helping others um find their way that sometimes we we uh can have breakthroughs and then and then end up back relearning some lessons over again that that's happened to you before yes well. it has happened to me yeah it happens to me i want everyone to know that it does happen <laughs> it happens to me my clients will ask me and i say yes this is what happens i share my lived experiences with them as yeah. i go through them because healing is not linear there's different layers of healing so like you can manifest something in but can you actually keep that into your life can you actually maintain that and so when things do when we do co-create and experience something and it's not to our liking and you're like wait i thought i got over that and then it happens again it we just go a little deeper i go a little deeper i'm like oh there's residual there's another thought oh that thought wasn't mine and so we start to transform again from within until those experiences are no longer coming into our lives which for me that's the experience that i experience for myself and so we will have experiences like that but they're always for our highest good they're never taking us to regress back in a sense that we're going to be that person again because that's an old version of us we are creating a new version when you're consciously creating you may have moments and experiences that haven't fully been integrated and so when we fully integrate those old experiences through doing the inner work, then they cease to exist. They just are not in our 
they're just not there they, they dissolve it's like magic <laughs> i'm glad you shared that because uh, you know people uh people want to believe in perfection and obviously we know that everything is a work in progress and we're all you know evolving and and uh it's good that people know that we all come from a similar space and there's one more thing that you said in the midst of that which was that's not a thought of mine so as you're doing the work um you said wait that's not a thought of mine and you went back into that so yeah. you do believe that there is things that are are uh that are in our mind that are are that are making us feel a certain way that aren't actually of our heart or our intention but that are still there for mm -hmm. for whatever reason the shame the guilt the yes 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 those thoughts thought transmission mm -hmm. that's one thing i teach my clients about thought transmission and like energy transmission energy like that we pick up energy and thoughts we could pick it up from the collective unconscious we pick it up from our mother we pick up we pick up thoughts but they're not ours they're not mm -hmm. my thoughts they're not always my did i really think that thought no i didn't really think that thought do i believe this thought no i don't believe this thought so it's not mine and i'm not going to own that thought I'm going to reject that thought and I no longer choose to think that thought thank you for the thought thank you for the awareness but we're done now That's we're going powerful. to think this thought and then we move from that thought we move from that energy instead of that old thought that people attach themselves to things and that's why they don't manifest because they're attached to having something by a certain time and then they have then they have resistance to not having it and then the resistance keeps them from having it and so i help teach them that it doesn't need to be this way we, we can release resistance we and it's all energetic so like for example for the distraction that you were saying like you set an intention i no longer choose to be distracted yes. by xyz and that becomes an intention for you because you're so powerful you're speaking it into existence you're you you it's a decision you made so your body's going to follow you you're going to remember this and then you're going to when you decide to be just unconscious and be distracted that thought will come into your mind and say wait i made a choice i choose to no longer be distracted and at that moment in that gap you're able to choose to do x or choose to do y that's how powerful we are if we just pause and then make a decision yes and it's a uh, uh words are very powerful mm -hmm. and the way that we present them to ourselves and to uh the universe is yeah. very powerful and like you yeah. you just stated i chose to yeah, to I heard not you. be distracted. Yeah, yes, you're choosing it. You yes. have a choice. So do you, uh, when people start an intention, it is powerful to speak that with with a firm resolve. Yes. That out you of had the conviction. I heard, I felt your conviction. I felt like you really got something and you really were going to do it. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to, you know, it was just kind of like a monotone type of thing. Like I felt like you really are going to choose to be less distracted. And isn't that possible? Yes, 100%. Very possible. Yeah. Are you Ryan did it? Yeah. From six <laughs> hours, seven hours. You did it. You did it. It's amazing. Minutes. Like, I'm going to celebrate that for I'm you because that's great. Because I, how, I how do you from to be that? Like, like, you can come and tell my clients how you did that because I have, they're like, well, I can't. I can't. I'm like, we don't use the word can't in this no. office. You don't want to. Like, let's use that because you can. You don't want to. You're just, you just have an ingrained habit. And if you want to have a better relationship with your wife, you better take the television out of your fucking bedroom. Yeah. It's not going to work. You can't have you and her and him, all of you together yeah. as partners inside there. You have to make a decision of what you choose to experience. You're either experiencing this or that. You can't experience two different experiences at the same time. Wow random question have you limited the energies you allow in your home yes that's another wow <laughs> limiting the energies that i allow in my home very much i'm very intentional about who comes into my home um i, I clear my my home with <laughs> sage <laughs> with sage <laughs> with sage palo santo i say certain things that as i'm doing it and um I, and I really I believe that you know people bring their energy they bring them into my office they bring it into your home so I do clear the energy um, routinely so it's not like once in a while I, I do it routinely you do um... and then attention again there's yeah. an intention behind this it's not it's not just kind of like oh I'm going to use a feather and walk around and do that like I really feel like we're clearing the home we're clearing the energy the windows are open and I have my own 
process of clearing the home. And I did this in the businesses that I, yeah, all the businesses that they'll remember me <laughs> yeah. that I worked in. And like Chloe was one of them. And I would, I would sage that, those two buildings every single day. Everyone knew we would sage. I used oils <laughs> and, and they so still, I think, are doing day. it to this day. If I'm not mistaken, they still, whoever is still there when, um, is still possibly doing it. Maybe they're not anymore, but that's what we did. I would sage the businesses that were outdoor, obviously in the mall. I don't remember doing it. I don't remember if don't we were think, allowed to smoke. I don't think you can. You couldn't. Yeah. No. Uh -huh. But if, yeah. if, uh, once again, with energies, um, you know, not bringing them into our home, not bringing them into our life, uh, yeah. not sharing our energy with people that we feel uh, don't uh, help us rise to our, our higher self. Um, what's the best, uh, what are some tips on, on just, uh, a, a protocol for people to, to, to bring awareness into their life and understand that, you know, um, maybe these relationships were here for a reason, but now have served their purpose that I'm aware of it. And, they can get out of this uh, negative space. Um, obviously, intention, cleansing, uh, the meditation, the energies you allow, the energies you allow. Is there anything that we missed? Um, really, like really being mindful about what you're consuming with your eyes, eyes, your eyes, like what you're seeing, because they create imprints like you can't unsee what you saw. Yeah. I really so, believe you can't unsee what you saw unless you do NLP. <laughs> and then there's a way to unsee what you saw, which well, is, I do that with childhood experiences that we heal and there's a lot of dissolving and a lot of, of, of that unseeing what happened and, and deleting it from the mind. Mm -hmm. um, but as in a, in a moment to moment, like being very conscious of what you actually are looking at, what you're seeing, what you're bringing into your awareness. So if I put my awareness on something, what I'm aware of changes from what it was before. So what I'm consuming with my eyes and what I'm listening to. So music is one of the things that like, I'm very, very aware of the kind of music I listen to and what I let my my son listened to and my daughter too but right now he's at an age where it's kind of like he wants to listen to whatever he would want to listen to and i educate him about that about the kind of because you're being programmed you're yeah. listening to the same lyrics you're repeating it and then your voice is like an instrument so you're programming yourself it's it so easy mantra, yeah. yeah so you're saying mantras i studied with a, a one of the best for me kundalini yoga teachers and i said a lot of mantras many many years <laughs> so mantras are what we repeat to ourselves mm. so when you're listening to music and if it's low vibration and the words you're saying they bring your vibration down so being very mindful of the so music you, you listen drained. to you can feel the energy loss of you can feel it you can sit I, yeah. I, I sit with my clients i'm like let's say these things and let's say these things like which one makes you feel better and then the, they can automatically feel it in their in their body. Your body doesn't lie. Your body is your intuition, your subconscious. So you'll know when your body is telling you. But if you're unconscious and numb, then you won't feel it. So becoming, again, more intentional with. And so what you see, what you're listening to, um, both both of those are going to help with the energy that you're going to emanate and attract. Amazing. Yeah. It's it's a. Uh... Once again, these are all things that I've read or, 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 or heard before, obviously presented in a new way, but it's like it gets away from us and mm -hmm. we lose track of these. And no matter how conscious we can be, it's, it's still we need self-work to to come back to these things and be aware. Well, yeah, I've, I've uh, allowed and I'm looking at a lot of things that aren't helping me be the best version of myself. Um, do you have anything that we haven't touched on topic wise? I think we hit the list. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything before we get to the part about where people can find you? Is there anything that you want to share that we haven't touched on or that you would like to leave the, the listeners and the viewers with? Um, I guess really what, what I would say is that you are more powerful than you were led to believe. And this is not like a sentence in a book, but really like if I can do it, if I can do it, then anyone can do it. If anyone, if I can transform 
inwardly and to experience what I'm experiencing this moment today than anyone can and just and seek out the truth ask yourself what is the purpose of this experience that I'm having if it's good negative positive however without judgment and 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 give yourself the opportunity to just be like close your eyes and ask yourself what is the purpose of this teach me what I need to know and that energy that that just speaking that declaration or that decree will help you to be more open to learning about yourself the, the journey of self-discovery is the most beautiful journey that we get to have in this lifetime to, to really know who you are so i'm just activating your own remembrance of what you already know i'm not telling you anything new and i don't tell my clients anything new they're hearing it from my lived experience but you're remembering who you really are, which is a very, very powerful being. It's not yes. the person we came here to just like scroll Instagram. No. There's so much bigger, um, there's so much more within us that we're, you know, that we get to, if we choose to live at our highest infinite potential and what that is for you, for me, for them is very different. Very powerful. Yes. Um, and where can people find you? You have so much to share. Um, where can they find you if somebody uh, is interested in, in working with you? Uh, where do they go? And also add to that, do you do remote or is everything in person? Oh, so I do remote. I see clients all over the world. I see in-person clients. I've been under the radar. I don't have a website. That's fine. <laughs> and so... Um, How do people find you? I, I, all, of, all of my clients have been referral. Okay. all been referred word of mouth and so that's how i've maintained it and so i have a page on facebook right now um and i'm going to i have a client actually who um is creating a, a youtube channel mm -hmm. and so they can maybe reach me through that but i give out my phone number to to my clients give out my phone number they ask me permission to give out my number and to refer clients to me. I don't want to put so. your phone number <laughs> no, anywhere. Phone number. Uh, I'm just but... telling you the process so I can... If there's anybody listening out there yeah, that's that has a has a intention then to reach out to us, Brian or myself, or, or the... Or I'll put your Facebook link. Yes, perfect, yeah. And, uh, and they can reach out through me, Instagram and Facebook, they can reach out to me that yeah, way. Yeah, and if that... we feel like okay. uh, <laughs> somebody that... that that needs the help, we can ask you for permission and, and they can be shared in this journey. Yes. I think some, some of the best things in life are, are kept secret for a reason. And, and I like that even with that, the intention is, is, uh, is coming from a good space. Oh yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. I thank you for bringing, um, all of these realizations back into my life personally today. I definitely needed it. Um, it was like a little session for myself. The beauty of this, oh of the podcast is to be able to uh, share with others, but to experience the great minds and the thoughts that come from the guests. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. And I was just going to say that if there's anyone that wanted to um, access my work, I will be launching my meditations that are extremely powerful and very potent and I have a deep attention behind it. So if anyone is interested in a meditation, they're not able to pay for the sessions and some and financial reasons, I never turn people away. So I do have very powerful meditations that can help set them on the path of self discovery as well. And I want to thank you for having me here of as course. well. Thank you. We're, we're glad to help Appreciate um, it, share the word and to hopefully, uh, you know, help share knowledge to heal, to heal ourselves and the earth and in the process. Uh, like, uh, comment, subscribe, and uh, thank you for taking this journey with us.